0: Hi, I'm Michaela and I've been suffering with chronic pain due to endometriosis and co-conditions for 16 years. I want to share with you what I've learned along my journey and things I wish I knew and had been told along the way. Hi and welcome back to another podcast. This week I want to talk to you guys about fertility and women's health endometriosis and just the worldwide effect on fertility so I'm going to jump in by start starting to give you guys a bit of information about fertility and endometriosis because there is a big link however if you have endometriosis it does not necessarily mean that you are going to suffer from infertility Forty percent of infertility rates are due to endometriosis. The other sixty percent are due to all other reasons, whether it's other fertility problems or environmental factors, etc. Women lose egg- eggs each month from the day they are born. Till the day our periods stop. So I want to just talk a bit about how are we taking our fertility for granted as women in this generation. We're very lucky now that women can go get jobs and go study and go and work. But I found that there's many women who are now putting off having children until after all of that's done, bringing. Most women to their late 30s. Now, if we look at the reproductive system and how the bodies naturally work, we are supposed to have children at childbearing age, and thousands of years ago, that was literally at the ages of 13, which is quite ridiculous. But our bodies are ready to start having children from the days of our first periods. So why are we waiting so long? Obviously, you know, we have to wait till we're old enough and in relationships, but why are we putting off all our lives bucket lists and things we want to do until after we've had children? Because each month, as I said, we're losing more and more eggs, which means your fertility rate is going down. And at this point, I would also like to include the worldwide fertility rate is at the moment dropping by one percent per year now that's drastic if you think about in 50 years there will be 50 percent more infertile people than there are now now the the figures are quite shocking and if you already have an illness with a predisposition to infertility such as endometriosis then you don't really want to is your chance and obviously the longer you wait and the longer your endometriosis isn't dealt with the the more it will spread and I did a post and I'm just going to check it because I can't remember off my heart um about how many women with endometriosis can't get pregnant but I'm going to do it the other way around because I've just found it here. It's estimated that 60 to 70% of people with endometriosis can't get pregnant. Yeah, so I think it was what I found was about 40%. So I guess it's 30 to 40% of women who suffer from endometriosis can't get pregnant. Now, you'd think the figures would be higher. There's lots of women in the endometriosis community who struggle with infertility. From the research that I've been doing and the people I've been speaking to, I have found that the longer people have left the condition, the worse their fertility gets. And I'm going to share my story with you now, simply because looking back on my story in hindsight, showed me the importance of having children when we can and not waiting. And I know that not waiting is difficult, um, I don't believe that we have the luxury of people who don't suffer from this condition of waiting till the time's right until you're ready to feel like your mum. Because if we wait, that might never happen. And there's also a few different ways that fertility, that or that endometriosis affects fertility. And um, I have two children, and both of my fertility um, experiences were very different. So I'm going to share them with you now. Um, to really get across the message of time and how little of it some of us have especially if you have azanomiosis as well so I got my diagnosis when I was 18 and I got married when I was 19 I come from a orthodox community so Although that's extremely young, it was fairly normal, looking back on it, I can't believe I got married when I was so young, young, but I did, and amazingly, thank God, it's all worked out, Um, besides all the health issues, of course. So, when we got married, knowing that we had endometriosis and there will be a chance of infertility problems, also I had been diagnosed with polycystic ovaries, which also can um, cause infertility, we decided... We better start trying straight away. My mum and my grandmother had had to have hysterectomies at a young age. I had had this diagnosis, and although we didn't know enough about it yet, something was just telling us, "You can't wait." And and thank God, we something was telling us this in our guts. Um, what well, and you'll see why. So. I wasn't getting pregnant, uh, we went back to the specialist who removed uh, my endometriosis and diagnosed me, and he said, right, well, we need to remove it, to come back on your ovaries. So I went back for another excision surgery to remove the endometriosis. Often, depending on where the endometriosis is, that can be a factor on why women can't get pregnant. So in our case, with our first child, I needed to have the endometriosis removed. Um, the next step after that was to wait, uh, I think, was it three months and then go back to start the blood test and the scans before talking about any form of fertility treatment. So we went back three months after surgery and I had a ultrasound scan at which the specialist saw a heartbeat and he was shocked and he said, you know what, don't get excited. Yeah, this could be an ectopic pregnancy. I'm going to do some blood tests and I'll let you know. So he took some blood tests and a week later, he messaged us to say we were pregnant with a healthy baby. We actually couldn't believe it. The next time we saw him, he couldn't believe it. He hugged us and that was our first experience with endometriosis causing fertility problems. Um, We were so lucky and um, we are so lucky now that we went through secondary infertility obviously not lucky we went through it but that we had a baby come out of it but our second fertility journey was so different because at this point um, my body had stopped ovulating I believe I think that was due to being on Prostap injections because um, what it does is it switches all of that off and often it can be very hard for the body to turn that back on So we were trying for five years and nothing was happening. I had had, I can't remember how many surgeries I had had now, but I'd had a few more surgeries. And we were actually told what happens is when you aren't ovulating, when you don't get pregnant, you're just sent to an IVF clinic and you're told to go through with IVF. Now, we went to a charity within the Jewish community called KVC who help women with IVF. Because I had already had one child, I could get funding on the NHS. They don't help with secondary infertility. And um, this organization, this charity, has a medical advocate that explains that a lot of women who have fertility issues don't need the whole part of IVF. Or there's different types of fertility treatment, I guess. I wasn't aware of this. So I went on fertility treatment Um, hormones to help my body start ovulating now I have sure in my mind somewhere that are memories of this but I find it very hard to remember this time because it was such a difficult time emotionally and mentally I just remember saying to my husband after four months of these hormones and I was desperate desperate to give my daughter a sibling you know if you read my blogs back then talking about secondary infertility it was something I really really struggled with and also felt guilty for struggling with it because there were people who hadn't had any babies but I after four months I said to my husband I'm done forget it I I can't do it anymore this is going to kill me and we stopped the treatment and we were told there was 20% chance of pregnancy so we just assumed nothing and I carried on getting worse and worse over the next few months and I was admitted into hospital at which they always take a pregnancy test and even when I've said to them you know I can't get pregnant they still do it so they did the pregnancy test and lo and behold it came back positive and the reason I had been so ill was because I had hyperemesis and we were shocked I mean, I will never, ever, ever forget the look on my husband's face. I mean, I was happy and I couldn't believe it, but I was petrified that now I was going to have these two children that I was too ill to look after. Anyway, that's a whole other story, but that is my fertility journey that I was sharing with you to show you that there are different ways that endometriosis can affect fertility. That often there's things you can do before doing the whole a round of IVF or IUI or whatever treatments you've been offered, so please keep researching it. And my story ended with my uterus was so destroyed from those pregnancies, they were both emergency C-sections, from the adenomyosis and from all my other surgeries that at the age of 28, I had to have a radical hysterectomy now had I not had just felt that I had to try and get pregnant straight away like many of my friends and many people the same age as me have just turned 29 you know we didn't think about having kids so young I would have missed my chance and I speak to hundreds of women a day and all the ones that are above the age of you know 35 tell me how they've just missed the chance and they're still trying and they're still going for IVF and miracles happen and lots of them do become pregnant but the younger you try the less your endometriosis has spread and the less damage it has caused and it's so hard to have an illness where it affects you in so many ways and one of the ways it affects us and again This is something people don't know, is that we don't have the choice of waiting till we're ready to have children if we want to know that we can definitely have children. Because our endometriosis changes so drastically. There's so little research and awareness, and there's so little help. And there's also a big problem with fertility, as I said, going down by 1% each year. Now that's to do with something that's in many, many of um, the items we use daily, and these are called phthalates, and these are um, these are chemicals used that make p- things like plastic more durable and it's found in. Daily products, daily items to make them more durable. We're talking about plastic bags, um, a lot of clothing, a lot of our beauty products, Tupperwares, raincoats, coats, any food wrapped in plastic. And these are affecting both male and female hormones. As well as research has shown that they are actually affecting the male sperms, meaning that when the babies are born, they are already affected by these hormones. So there is an amazing podcast um, that Joe Rogan has done with Dr. Shauna Swan, who has researched all of this. She is a the leading environmental and reproductive epide- epidemiologist. And she is literally trying to save the world's fertility. So I highly suggest you go and listen to her to look into that more. And I highly suggest that if you have endometriosis, you start to think about how hard it is, which I know it's so hard to have you to accept this, that your fertility is something that you can't wait for. And I think as women, we have to stop taking fertility for granted and assuming that fertility is a given and assuming that there's enough time to wait till I've travelled the world or until I've got my degree, until I've bought a house because sadly there just isn't enough time to wait. And What's happened there? I do that again? And I think as women, we have to... I think as women we have to stop taking our fertility for granted and stop waiting until we've saved up to buy the perfect house or the perfect family car or until we've got our degree or until we've travelled the world because we don't have that option because our uterus, how I always felt, was like a ticking time bomb and it, it does run out and Whether you have endometriosis or not, your fertility at the age of 25 won't be the same as at 30 or at 35, and I don't think there's enough discussions or awareness on this, and I don't think young women are explained about this enough, because they're heartbroken as they should be when it gets to the age of 30, and we struggle with fertility. But if we were explaining that our fertility would be a lot higher and a lot more chance of us getting pregnant at 20 and at 25, I think that would change the lives of many, many people. And I think that that's something we need to remember and we need to talk about. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions or any topics you want me to talk about, please reach out to me on social media at Pretty and Pain. I'll pop the links below.